Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's edition of Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS. Dear JCPS is a district-focused stakeholder advocacy group that demands accountability and transparency from JCPS through a lens of equity. Save Our Schools Kentucky is a statewide advocacy group that seeks to expose and prevent attempts to privatize our public schools, including charter schools and everything else from the ALEC playbook. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS. It's April 8th, 2021, and I'm your host, Gay Adelman. Now that the 2021 legislative session is behind us, it's time to take a look at the many years of events that have gotten us to where we are today and to identify the patterns of systemic racism and the barriers and hurdles that continue to plague the district, which takes us back to where this story began many years ago at the Academy at Shawnee in West Louisville, Kentucky. Today, with a revised student assignment plan on the horizon and a $40 million renovation underway, as well as a reimagined view of public education following a pandemic and a movement for black lives. On this week's episode, I will share with you audio recordings from meetings that took place with district officials back in 2015, including this one that took place in October of 2015. This is a meeting between myself, JCPS board member Diane Porter, at the time JCPS assistant superintendent Amy Dennis, and Shawnee principal at the time Vanita Benbow. Okay, um, so thank you all again for swapping days. I, I do appreciate it. Um, my job is such that crazy things pop up. Yeah, so, and yesterday was you. definitely one of those crazy it definitely days. Definitely was. <laughs> definitely was. So, um, and before the other thing I want to mention before we get started is we, we do have a little bit of a time frame because I know you have to do dismissal, of course, at two twenty, and I've got a call I'm supposed to do at right at two thirty. So just so we all kind of know what our time frame, time schedule is. Okay. So, okay. All right. So, okay. You and I talked about this meeting, I don't know when that was, a month ago, maybe. Yeah, um, and initially, I had been meeting with you, so I didn't necessarily need to catch up with you. Um, I initially tried to schedule a meeting with Diane, because um, I've been in more frequent contact with these ladies, and I just kind of wanted to see what we need to do to all get on the same page, and um, maybe back up a little bit, And because I know we didn't necessarily get off to the best start couple of years ago when when we first met and I want to know whatever we need to do to clear the air and make sure we have a great working relationship that was the main reason I wanted to meet with you you know before we started I would we were sitting here for a few minutes and I was telling her about all the work you did with um, Tim Smith mm-hmm. and how you really kind of helped orchestrate all that okay can you like just I mean just because I'd like her to hear it from you just kind of sure. summarize that and the stuff that, that you guys did and, and some of the benefits we're getting from that now because I think that's some pretty exciting I, stuff. I think it is too. Um, last year we heard about this opportunity for dual credit classes to be offered through the Academy at Shawnee um, and it's through NASEI and it's actually a national organization but they're starting they actually moved their locations they were in uh, Frankfurt because he's a uh, academic I don't remember what his title was, but he was pretty high up at Frankfurt School District, and 
started a flight program within his district and it became so popular and it included all these different courses and included the pilot's license and everything. And so he ended up turning that into a business and he started in Kentucky, but now he's in like six states and he's setting up to go nationally with his programs. And basically what it does is it allows you to bring in, um, KDE has approved the courses and there's like 30 different courses that not all of them have curriculum fully written yet, but it's, it's scalable. And by the time we get our kids to a point where they're ready to take courses three, four, curriculum. and whatever, yeah, it's growing yeah. every year. And so I heard about it. And um, Peyton, when he started here, was um, ahead in math and some other courses. He had already gotten out of his out of the way. And so he, we could see in the future that there were going to be some elective periods that he would want to fill with something a little more rigorous. And um, because of the way that this program is structured, it's facilitated and it's um, you're taking college courses online and all you really need is a facilitator. You don't even need an instructor. You could have one and one facilitator have 20 kids all on different courses um, in the same classroom, just, just like making individualizing sure. Individualizing. Yeah, that just making sure that they're yeah. if they're stuck, you know, or they can't get their things to print, or you know, thing that was some of our biggest challenges was just getting the printer to print. Yeah, technical. You know? Yeah, because up at school he didn't always have what he needed or what have you. So um, he actually sat in Mr. Kidwell's class off to the side and worked on the computer while the class went on. So Kidwell was able to facilitate it while he taught teach. another class because these are the kind of, these are the high achieving kids anyway they're not right. they're not the ones that are goofing off and that you have to, you, you just give them and off they go yeah exactly so we heard about it last year was the last year that it was free um, to to try it and so right at the beginning of the school year I said can Peyton be the the guinea pig and try out this <laughs> course and see how it goes and um, it, it Dr. Barber wasn't necessarily had any objections to it. It was just difficult getting, finding out how to code the class and, you know, yeah. things like that. And um, we were probably two weeks into the school year before we actually got everything set up and he had to apply, he actually had to meet application requirements for Moorhead State and, you know, because it is a real college course. And um, he did three hours credit in the uh, fall and another three hours credit in the spring. So he has six hours credit from Moorhead right now, in addition to you know getting the credit here at uh, Shawnee, and um, he got to do things like build and launch a satellite, uh, which was really cool. Um, and it, the course is called Space Systems Engineering, so it's like perfect for our aerospace magnet theme. And the other courses that they offer, they do offer the flight um, aviation. But ours is better. We actually have a better aviation program because that's what we do that's that's yeah. our specialty um, but for kids who maybe wanted aviation but maybe could never qualify to fly a plane mm -hmm. it, it was all or nothing when they took that track and now you can start out in aviation and maybe get a drone pilot certificate or you know now now there's More weeds options. of ways you can go to get certified in something and it's just, I think it's just really exciting because it just well, opens up so many opportunities. So, so this year we did the contract with them, mm -hmm. and so, which gave us access to all this curriculum. Yes. And we've got all the freshmen um, taking like a class where they investigate all these different aviation It's like an intro, ads. and it includes aviation, aerospace engineering, and maintenance. It kind of does an okay. overview of all three. Yes. yes. Well, and the other thing, I'm just jumping in here no, on, great. Your, on your tail coach or whatever. We also got one of the teachers in the Newcomer Academy who happened to be, I know this is great, he happened to be like the science director for all of Cuba when he lived in mm -hmm. Cuba. 
and he has gotten endorsed in this curriculum, and he's teaching it over newcomer because they're taking electives. Um, you know, when you come here and you're learning how to speak English, you're you're not taking like biology necessarily. You're taking like a, a um, an old science elective. So we're using this curriculum as the science elective. He's a great teacher because this is his thing. And we're hoping, and I'm kind of jumping ahead here, that that might actually recruit some of the ESL kids mm -hmm. into the aviation mm -hmm. program because we're going to like whet their appetite for it. So it, it kind of yeah. all. And not only that, you can, I, from what I understand, they can only stay in ESL for two years. So if they go over to another high school, they can't be a completer. They would have to just go to, I guess, a traditional school and not really be a completer yes. in any of the programs. If they're starting out as ninth graders in ESL, they come on over, they get all four years. And they, we can get them in their pathway. And, and they're going to be the types of kids that grow our scores and, you know, show the improvements that I feel like, um, and that was one of the things that I was hoping we could talk about today too, and kind of just changed the subject, and I don't want to do that yet, because I also wanted to mention that in ASEI, um, that we got to participate in the wing design competition last year That's through right. them, and because that now that we have that contract, we get to continue that as That's well. Right. And the kid, the, these competitions um, give the kids opportunities. I mean, first of all, it's rigorous mm -hmm. engineering mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. But it, you know how kids are with competitions. We're working to, mm -hmm. to motivate them and reward them. And, and it's project-based. It's hands-on. Project application of what they're learning in the classroom. Yeah, right. So I, I really think that's an exciting thing. I do, too. Even though it was our first year and we started late, um, we actually won. There were... 12 teams that competed, and only seven of us got our plane to fly during the competition. So, right there, knowing yeah. that we could fly a plane and others couldn't, like they're, they had more time. They had more time. That's right. They had a like I ended up being the academic coordinator over that because the teachers were busy and distracted, yeah. and it kept they kept wondering, well, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? Fine, you know what? I'll do I'll, it because we don't want to miss it again because we missed it the year before, and so. Um, for having that been our first year and getting off to a late start and not even sure if we knew what we were doing to actually have our plane be one of the ones that completed the, the laps because you have to do two completions and a safe landing and, and um, you get three tries and uh, so we we only got seventh place you could look at it that way but we got seventh place yeah. out of 12 and then on top of that there's um, some written competitions and we got first place and second place in two out of the three competitions that we competed in so we actually do know what we're doing yeah, it's it was real boost of confidence for these kids because the you could tell they were like, I don't know if I know what I'm doing, and then they're like, We do know what we're yeah. doing. We're gonna we're gonna kill this next That's year, right. you know. Well, I think that right there, that little thing's a great example of us making strides forward. We're getting classes for every. We're getting classes that are individualized, so kids can have all their own needs mm -hmm. met. But we also have the whole curriculum for every kid, and we even included newcomer. You know, and mm -hmm. so I it's mean, fantastic. meeting meeting all kids' needs, and I just think that's such an exciting. Well, thing. and aerospace is the number one export in the state of Kentucky, and we are the aerospace magnet for the district, and that is huge. And I think that that is something that is overlooked um, from our, through the community, mm -hmm. through all of Louisville, um, and that kids can come down here every time. People at first, usually when I, somebody says, "Where do you send your child to school?" I say, "Shawnee," they're like. You live far away. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like I have to defend it, which I, I don't like that. I want to help change the image of the school. But um, also, I, as soon as I say, um, my son's getting his pilot's license for free, they're like, what? Yeah. They, they can't believe it. So there's a message there. And, and a lot of times, like we were members of the Aero Club, we started going, having our meetings, our PTA meetings out there because it's 
themed and Where we, is the it's at Bowman Field. It's um just a building. It's kind of hidden. It's by the driver's license bureau. Every meeting out there. Um no, actually last night's PTA meeting was here, but um, we have more people because we're again because we're district wide and it's difficult for a lot of parents to get out to this part of town at night. Um, we actually have more people show up when we have it at Bowman Field. But we've tried both places just to see. Um, we tried different times a day. Um, but there are pilots, retired pilots and active pilots that it's a social club. And so when we're coming through the lobby to go to the user conference room, we've started to get to know people. We've had two different people offer us scholarship money. Um, you know, and it's, and, and, but the thing is, is we'll tell them who we are. And at first they're like, oh, I thought they shut that program down. The rumor, I don't know if it's because of when aviation maintenance got closed or maybe when we had a problem a couple of years, a few years right. ago with, we had to shut it down temporarily and reopen it and there was a story in the paper. People don't read, they don't distinguish between aviation and aviation maintenance. And so there's a perception in the community, even among the pilot community, that we're not viable, viable right. right now. And so hmm. these are all little hurdles that we're trying, just, you know, a couple moms here and there are trying to overcome, yeah. but it would be really great if we could get some bolder marketing out there yeah. um, in the community. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That's I just think that's one of the really exciting things that, that we've got going and mm -hmm. giving more opportunities mm -hmm. for kids. Well, and the mayor says he wants to bridge the gap to the West End. If we could make this school be attractive, I mean, it's a magnet. The idea of magnet is to be magnetic. So if we could make it attractive and bring just as many kids from the east end west as we've got kids going west east, mm -hmm. balance that out. Um, but we're also working to grow from from within within the neighborhood. We've been doing a lot of uh, communication within the Shawnee neighborhood because that's another thing that is a, a disadvantage, I think, for the Shawnee community is they're broken up into so many little segments and they're shipped all across town, so it's harder for parents to come to PTA conferences, it's harder for kids to stay for after school stuff. So this is a segment of the population that's already disadvantaged and then we're putting further, more hurdles in front of them just to get their education. So, um, you know, one of the complaints I constantly hear as to why kids aren't doing so well is parent involvement, right? I mean, we hear that a lot. So let's make it easier for the parents that are having a hard time, the GAP kids especially, let's make it easier for GAP kids' parents to get more involved in their schooling closer to home and by making it attractive and recruiting them. We've got the um, Healthy Family Night is coming up. I hope that you have that on your calendar. Um, and we actually have the mobile recruiting <laughs> bus coming that night. They're gonna be here um, talking to families about how to apply to the magnet. And even if they're interested in how to apply across town or just right. do a hardship transfer somewhere. Um, yeah. yeah, we want we want this community to be more um, engaged in that process because I feel like a lot of them just go to whatever school they're assigned to and also like we talked about when we did our first day debrief after the first day of school a lot of kids just show up here because they think this is their home school and then they find out that they're Valley or DOS or PRP and they they lose that first day of school because they're not in our system and we can't accommodate them. Um, tell us Porter about how because um, this is cool you're and you may already know this but you're knocking campaign y'all did in the um, that was actually Dr. Barber's last day before we knew that he was going on administrative leave. Um, we, we took a Saturday and some people from the West End community, mostly through Chad's group, um, lined up several volunteers to help us and uh, from Manual um, came out and helped us and we went door to door, um, tried to go strategic but I didn't really have a list by like 
who's in eighth grade going into ninth grade. That was our goal, though, was to find prospective high schoolers that were in that transition that we could get them. Um, we made a brochure and, a, and a, a instructions on how to fill out the app online and numbers they could call if they were having any trouble and um, really uh, just wanted to get the message out about what it would what a great school we have and how they could sleep in and not have to ride the bus an hour each way every day. Um, and we found a few families that had met that criteria, but it was really, we didn't have as targeted of a list as I would have liked so that we could just go to the houses with kids in the prospect range. But um, the people we talked to, you know, it's just changing perceptions and it's one person at a time, it's one conversation at a time. And I think we made real headway. We felt really great after that day, but um, we you, need to do had, like 10 of those. Yeah, you all had like, I don't know, 15 people, maybe more than that. How many? Mm, I'd say probably 10 or 12. Okay. It was, it was good. Bit, it was still a good group. We broke yeah. up into two groups and took two sides of the street, you know, and mm -hmm. met up at the ends of the street. When, and Gay's um, G-Simple project was around recruiting. Mm -hmm. and it so was. She spent a lot of time. This was actually, that was my project, was to, to do the recruiting for the year and it had several different like each month I had a different aspect of mm -hmm. building lists we did Thunder Over Louisville where we took uh, collected names at events to try to find people that were interested in aviation and aerospace um, yeah so have you guys um, organized any of those knocking campaigns for this year no okay yet. That might be something to think about though because absolutely even if you went to a house that didn't have an eighth grader just the fact that Shawnee High School came over here today and was talking to yeah. you. I mean, you know, you get that. Because then bus. the neighbors talk to each other, yeah. yes. Yeah. We were hoping and we we were hoping that that was what we were starting, but we really we realized we needed to be we needed to be doing several other things in conjunction. We needed maybe to do a mailer to people's homes. We needed to um, we talked about making yard signs that said like by their bus stop because Matt Gerard made a comment. He's like, I come to school at six something every day and these kids are standing at this bus stop waiting to go an hour across town mm -hmm. when they could He's like, we need to put a sign out that says, you could be sleeping right now. You know? <laughs> I was like, we should do that. So we talked about it, but, you know, money, budget, time, finding, you know, there's so many irons in the fire, and I know you guys know exactly what I'm talking about there. It's just hard to focus and get yeah. everything done. Um, but uh, we also talked about having the follow-up to our door knocking was to have an open house over the summer and follow up, send postcards to all these families that we made contact with and invite them out to an open house. But Barbara left, and we had no leadership. Yeah. And I tried to do it with Jaggers, and she had other things. She had training and other things going on. That's right. We still had that um, the picnic and the mm -hmm. um, it was a picnic high school, and the other was middle school. It was two different ones. Yes, they were two that's days before apart. You. <laughs> that's right. That's you right. Were just a twinkle in our eye. Right, uh, that's right. But they were two days apart, and um, we had a picnic, a cookout at the high school one. Um, and again, I tried to get. That list that we had gotten, there was a there was a list that actually was sent to Dr. Barber back in May that never made it to anybody else. And we tried to get a copy of that list. It was sent from the magnet office. And it was basically the manual students that didn't get in. And so they were top students who maybe didn't get their first or second choice and maybe ended up having to go to their homeschool because that's all they got left. And if they had gotten a phone call from us and said, you qualify and blah, 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 um, that we might have actually found 10 or 12 off that list that would have come to our open. That was the goal, was to get them to come to the picnic. But again, I didn't get that list. Once we finally found it, I got my hands on it two days before the picnic, and by then everybody had paid sports fees at their schools. And like we, we Will and I actually sat down and called that entire list, and people were interested, but it was just we were too late, too short a notice, and yeah. they were already 
like committed to what they were doing. When Will, Will was the, um, worked in the Challenger Center, when we turned over the Science Center, he became a magnet coordinator, she was before, a magnet coordinator here. And in a way that was great because he'd already done it before, mm -hmm. so he's had some great knowledge. Mm -hmm. But he's, I, he's done a lot of stuff in the, whatever it's been now, six weeks since he's been in that spot. Yeah. But um, is he getting um, showcased together? Is he? And, yes. Um, yeah. He'll, he'll, and he has done that before, I know, so he's mm -hmm. a professional with that. Yeah, he's got the booth set up in the auditorium, and I saw a sign-in sheet. He's got staff volunteers signing up. I saw that when I had And I got a bunch of para-volunteers last night. It was great because we were talking about um, the same thing, that perception thing, and it was a great segue because they were like, you know, I, our kids love it here, and if they only knew how great it was, you know, we're telling people all the time how great it was like, a great opportunity for you. Come out to showcase the school and tell everybody your story. But most of the people that were in our in our meeting are people that I had met at showcase schools in previous years. So, so we don't. they knew exactly why they were there, and it was that parent testimony. It was mm -hmm. seeing and and just getting wowed by the things that we do. People yeah. just don't know, and they trust parent testimonies because. Staff are paid to say great things about their school, but the, and especially sending a kid to the West End from the East End, parents are like, "Okay, tell me really. You yeah. send your kid to the West End, really? It's okay. Are you sure? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Like they want, they need that reassurance from another parent that it's actually okay to send your kid all the way across town because they hear stories. You know, there's perceptions which are not reality about this part of town. And again, that's I feel like. We have an opportunity to do so much here, not only for the students in the building who we can change their stars, but the community, get Shawnee neighborhood more gelled together, um, the West End, and Louisville. And you know, everything from um, the 55,000 Degrees Initiative, where we've got, if we could get kids that get interested in aerospace, go off and get their college degree, Kentucky being a number one export, that's yes. our number one export, they'll Come be back. back. Yeah. We could partner with 55,000 Degrees. They would love this story, you know? Um, and that's one of those things that's been on my, oh, if I ever run into that Mary Wheeler or whatever her name is, I've talked to Jones about it before, but, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, if I ever see her, I'm going to try and get her attention, you know? But um, Yeah, you're right. I think they would eat that up. I think up, they would. You know? I think they would. Well, and the if kids could, would love it. Yeah. You know? It's just, it's such a great opportunity to to turn some things around that we, we know we want to do, but we don't know what that silver bullet is. And there's not one single silver bullet, but golly, this is a, this is, I think this is a gem of an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I felt that way since my son was a freshman here. And I guess that's why I feel like, I know I'm kind of pushy and annoying sometimes, but I only have four years. Like, that's the way I look at it is, is my son's graduating this year. It's already his senior year, and I want to see things happen while I'm involved. I mean, I'll still, I've realized now that he's fine, and I'm in this, I'm already doing what I'm doing regardless of what he's doing, so I'll probably, you guys are not going to get rid of me next year even though he graduates. I just, <laughs> I've, I've, I feel like we've come so far, and I, I want to keep backfilling whatever we need to do in order to get it across that goal line. And we've had times where I felt like we were right about getting across the goal line and then we'd lose a principal or we'd lose our Challenger Center or, you know, and, and the Challenger Center may not seem like a big loss because it's still here and it's being, but it's being operated by Kentucky Science Center. But there's, again, the media, you know, people hear, oh, the Challenger Learning Center is leaving Shawnee. Well, no, that 
you know, there's that's not the story. But also, um, the involvement that we had that they had in our school when it was Will running it, um, everything from having a, an experiment flying on the International Space Station to Will going to conferences and networking with people and meeting NASA astronauts and bringing them in to speak and I mean just now um, I he, I ran into him somewhere the other day and he said oh I I didn't get to go to the comp that conference this year because that was when I was Challenger so you know he's the networking that in this industry that someone can do to really bring in business connections and sponsorships and donors and like that was a that was a huge opening for him mm -hmm. and and also they would do things with our students they were working on I know the eighth grade is um, still get, hopefully getting a trip together for DC but they were actually they were actually building a itinerary for the DC trip last year uh, as part of just what they did because they're they're connected to NASA they could have gotten us into so many free like I think we were using a company to build our itinerary for us but they were they could have like backdoor access mm -hmm. to things because they were that plugged into stuff you know, I go back to oh, clarification yes. question. Students participating in the NASA summer camp, did we send students mm -hmm. from Challenger Center here to the NASA summer camp, which is not in Louisville? Did we send students? To the NASA, to um, Huntsville? Huntsville? Mm -hmm. No. Huntsville would be really great. I think the transportation is a bit of a challenge as well. It is kind of a, a ways. Yeah. yeah. But we actually have a graduate who works, there's oh, a Shawnee really? group, there's a graduate of Shawnee, and she works at NASA in Huntsville, and she was like, you need to bring a group down, because I could get you early admission and all this stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, if only cool. we could figure out how to make that happen. So if we could figure out how to make that happen, maybe they go there instead of D.C. <laughs> all right, so those are things I really wanted to make sure we talked about, was all the recruiting efforts you guys have done, and the, the whole thing with Tim Smith and all his, he came to our um, picnic, too, mm -hmm. Tim Smith himself did. I had not met him Benny Cave, and I was like, you're Tim Smith. <laughs> like, he was a movie star. So. <laughs> That's like, where else was he? Oh, he, he was at the Challenger opening. Yes. I saw him there, yes. too. Yes. So, it's like star sighting. Or yeah, something. I invited him to the cookout because, and this is another thing that, as I think I talked to you about this the other day when we met, too. Our kids come, and a lot of them just show up the first day of school, and they're just coming in as resides kids because they don't know what options happen here. And it may be their second sophomore or junior year before they're like, I could have gotten my pilot's license, really? Like, they don't even, by the time they've had their first day of school, the schedules are built, and it's really difficult to, even if you, you know, I, I asked why we couldn't have, like, a presentation in the auditorium that first week of school and let everybody see what all we could do and shift them around if we need to. And um, I got that's impossible kind of feedback from a lot of people because, you can't. You got a staff, and you have to have a master schedule. That's and right. I do understand. So if there we was have a to way, do that more proactive, more yeah. If there was a way to do it are, over the we summer, are doing that um, as far as the freshmen that are coming in, that everyone has to declare a major. Now, what some may decide that that's not what they want to go to go into, and may change it. But each student will declare a major and go through that career pathway. That first year. day of school, they'll declare their major, or when? The freshmen that are coming in, like last year, I know that the eighth grade had already scheduled, and they're already here. But with the new counseling staff, they've established that that is something that we're going to do, because that's going to help us in a lot Yeah, and Brad mentioned that because they're going out to the middle schools, that that conversation is happening earlier now. So that... That gap is being bridged. That was one of the first things that we talked about when we met, is yeah. setting those career pathways and getting those students right. early on and allowing them to establish their, their majors 
so that by the time they are seniors, that they already know what tests up front that they have to take, what certifications, and how many classes you have to have um, in the very, very beginning. Right. I saw them tweet the other day. I've forgotten where they went, but they went and visited somewhere and talked to mm -hmm. eighth graders about right. that. So I saw them. So is that the 2015-16 class or 2016-17 class of the declare major? This eighth grade class. Right now. Right now. That so will be 16, yes. 17. Yeah, um, and Amy and I had a meeting right after the first, and Aaron too, had a meeting right after the first day of school um, to talk about some things that we saw that could be done better as well. So we're going to pilot a program this upcoming year to help with first day of school and kind of write, yes, write out some best practices that could be implemented, implemented district-wide that um, have to triage a large population of students in a short period of time. Um, because even if they came to registration, we didn't necessarily have them in our computer system. So having uh, our mentor program um, serve as volunteers over the summer and come in for some training so that we can wear a certain color shirt and direct kids to their classes and help them choose their major. Because one of the things we saw happening was they just sat in the auditorium until somebody could get to them. And then they would come up and the counselor would go, um, what do you want to take? And they were like, I don't know. Well, you want, like aviation, aerospace, um, you know, that was that was their introduction to what our choices are, and they're like, art, because it sounded easiest. Like, they just simply chose a word because they're like, no, I don't know, that sounds hard, you know, art. And then I saw them up in art, and it's actually like art history class, so I'm thinking, I bet they didn't know that's, that's what they were getting when they said art. But um, I would really love to see, even if there was a video or something we could show them while they're waiting in that triage area, just let them know their choices. You are listening to Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS on Forward Radio 106.5 FM, also available on forwardradio.org and on SoundCloud on the Forward Radio channel under Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS playlist. This week's episode features audio recordings from 2015. We are currently listening to a meeting that took place with Shawnee leaders and decision makers, including the new principal who had been named the first day of school during the 2015-2016 school year, as well as our assistant superintendent at the time, Amy Dennis, who is now JCPS's chief of staff, and also our board member at the time and still remains our board member, Diane Porter. Other recordings with lawmakers and decision makers and influential community members will continue to be shared on our website at dearjcps.com. Our thought is if we can, if we can do, so you're a kid that walks in the first day, we've got someone there to meet you, and not only to say what much you like to do, but hey, welcome, and, and because the staff is so busy trying to organize mm -hmm. everything. Um, and, and get schedules set and, and make sure the buses people. are organized. Yep. And if we had a group of parents, who were, let's just call them the welcoming committee, mm -hmm. and supporting those kids walking in. Um, we've got kids feeling welcomed. We've got parents who are who are pitching in and being partners with the work. And, um, and, and our building is gonna... so big and easy to get lost, and that was another thing, too. They were having to do temporary schedules because we didn't, we could have A, B, C, D type schedules already made out, and depending on what they're interested in, we give them one that's already built in the system. Because they were handwriting the schedules, I would walk them up to Algebra 2, and there were already 32 kids in that poor guy's class. Right. And he's like, I need more chairs. Um, so hopefully they got all that figured out. But um, 
but they get this handwritten schedule and then they're like, okay, bye. You know, that's not what we want to do with them either. We, we want to go, okay, it. we're going to walk you through your first day classes. So that these volunteers would spend a little bit of time acclimating these kids. And what I also did was it would take the time to introduce them to some of their classmates so that, because they're so shy and scared and um, just letting them feel like they had somebody to pal around with for the rest of the day until they kind of got used to where they were going. Um, you know, just easing that transition because we want them to be successful and we want them to, I, I can't tell you, I've met parents out in the lobby that are like, oh, I can't believe my, my child has to come to this school. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We drive across town to come to this school. I want, they probably just had some bad experience that set them off with the wrong tone. And so I want everybody's first experience to be as in love with the school as I am, you know? Yeah. So, what percentage of your uh, freshman class are live in this uh, area close to the Academy of Shawnee? I could tell you the exact percentage, but I know the majority of them do. Okay. At one of the schools down here, um, they actually did home visits. I know you don't think of that in terms of high school kids, but it was actually knocking on doors before, well before school started, to uh, talk about the school teachers that actually did the home visits to uh, welcome the, the students to the school mm -hmm. and it made a, a, a really smooth transition. I think you heard that story, you mm -hmm. were with me when we heard that story yes. for the students when they came in. So, you know, that's one of the, um, I won't say it was a challenge, but they started it two years ago with a few teachers and they realized how uh, helpful it was. And from that, the number of teachers increased uh, the next time so that uh, there were more doing that. Mm -hmm. And Amy can tell you because it's it's one of her schools. So right? Mm -hmm. Am I am I saying the right thing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think when Dr. Look was here, he used to do that too. Um, I know that he did do a lot of home visits as well. And you probably had some experiences too uh, at Moore um, on how to get folks in class the first day and uh, not spend a lot of time sit, sitting around in the. Mm -hmm. I mean, every school is a little bit different, mm -hmm. and there are different strategies that can be used. So. Mm -hmm. uh, have to do what you know what yeah. works best. Mm -hmm. And I know you're familiar with this map, but when you said what percentage of students live around this live around the school, our resides is actually this gray area. And so we do have some that live around the school, but a lot most of the students live are are, are sent to other schools. So unless they actually applied to come here, um, we we don't have that many. Go to high school. Most of our high school kids live in that area. In the gray area. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ninety percent of our kids live yeah. in that gray area. Yeah. She was asking about the freshmen. She said, how many of the freshmen? And I said, the majority of them. I said, I don't know the exact number or percentage. So you're talking about up in here, though, right? As a, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I understood her question. Yeah. Because like, the kids, you step out here, and these kids don't go to our school. And you go down this way, and these kids don't go to our school. Right. Just just by the way that That's by choice. No. Some it's by choice. Yes, it is by choice. Well, it's by they choice don't. by default, by not choosing to do otherwise. But I think a lot of them don't know they have the option or don't know how or, or don't know what's going on here. Um, I met someone at Sherry Bryant Hamilton's office, one of her uh, assistants, uh, interns or what have you, said, oh, I thought all they did at Shawnee was fill in worksheets in color. Like, there's a perception that we're not rigorous. Crazy. I, I know. don't know who these people are that you keep meeting, because there are other people that don't say that. So it's, it's I'm sure there are. Yeah. Like me. 
Yeah. I don't say that. That's no. right. But I'm. There are people who have that perception, and we want to overcome that perception. And I mean, when we were at the Shawnee Neighborhood Association, the parade, and I know that Dr. Harkins was talking to some students that that do live in the neighborhood that that are going other places. I mean, uh, this is a choice. Shawnee is a choice. Uh, if students decide that they want to, if if my address tells me that I have to go to school X, but if I choose to go to this the Academy at Shawnee, then I fill out the paperwork yes. to they come to the Academy yes. at Shawnee. So there there is a choice, mm -hmm. even though my current home address may say that I have to go to school right. X. So I think what I hear you saying is people don't clearly understand the process to fill out the paperwork. It's not even paperwork anymore to go online right. to fill out the application Correct. to come to the academy. Or they may not have the technology. I actually had a woman caught in the spokes that I told Amy about that couldn't get online in time before that last day, of, last day before school started to get her son um, in, into the process. Or, yeah. 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 And so um, that was another thing too is we have kids who are, are resides kids but that's the other thing we want to make sure we do. We talked to Ms. Bimbo about this, is they may be our resides kids and then they get interested in aviation, but they never actually fill out the process, the paperwork to become an aviation student, and maybe they move over the summer, which is exactly what happened to this kid, and they moved over summer and they no longer were eligible to come here without completing a, a magnet application, and she didn't figure that out until two days before, before school started, and it, we lost them. You can still fill out a magnet application today, so even after the application process mm -hmm. is closed. So the, the, or is it a transfer process to get to get here? Um, that work this. with families who are in it. Like this particular situation, the lady was very ill, mm -hmm. um, and so the the um, student assignment folks, if there's an extenuating circumstance, okay. will work with folks. Now, if the magnet program is full, then right. Sorry mm -hmm. about your luck. It's principles. Choice yeah. at that point, but in a, in a case like that where the mom, I think she had leukemia or I'm some horrible yeah, some, thing. Yeah, she's undergoing radiation um, treatment. So in those kind of situations, the parent assistance center, you know, they work with phones. But they wouldn't take her information over the phone. She had to come in or go online, and we weren't able to accommodate her before the last, the day before school started. You have up until the day before school starts to complete to that, and then maybe it is a transfer as opposed to a magnet. No. She could have still done a magnet application because that's what we wanted her to be able to do because then they would have got transportation. Yeah, transportation. transportation was the main thing they Bucket needed. Yeah. And sometimes those, those um, I'm going to call that anomalies, I mean, we can, we can help families mm -hmm. do that. Because stuff, that's, that's a special circumstance. Right, because right. With what that we elements. say is after the application process that's closes, right. you know, the process closes. But in yeah. this particular situation, because of the health issues, and that's what was made by right. working through the Parent Assistance Center Correct. so that when you fill out the application, that puts the student on the bus, basically, Correct. so that they have transportation. Because they, they really do try and work with schools who have a kid in a, in a program that, you know, if we can make it where this kiddo gets to have a consistent that coming back to the school where they sure. mm -hmm. they, mm -hmm. sure. they are they're very good about that. Well, um, here's the thing, though. That information doesn't flow all the way down to the people taking that initial phone call. And so and here we, our recruiting efforts have been so intense that I happen to be walking past um, our admissions office and different people answer the phone here too. So it, it could be a different person on a different day. Like we had parent-teacher conferences and um, whoever was answering the phone that day told the person they needed an appointment. And so they were sending this mom away and she was like, I'm showing up anyway. And it turns out she was fine. So it just depends on who's answering the phone. They don't know what the message is, but I happen to be walking past Miss Kissel's office 
and I heard her say, oh, no, no, you just need to go online and fill it out. Nope, well, then you'll have to go to the library. Like, she was, I could tell that this was somebody who wanted to apply to our school, and here I am recruiting, doing everything I can to get our phone to ring, and I'm hearing when, they, when it rings, they're telling them to go away, and I'm like, no! Yeah. So I said, halt, let me ask her if it's all right if I call her and get her phone number. So she got her, her permission for me to call her and give her my phone number, and so that's how I ended up trying to help this woman, but I called the magnet office, I called... Um, Different, I called probably three or four different people. I, I talked to Will because he was going to be the magnet coordinator. He's like, there's nothing I can do. Like, nobody knew how to help. And so, and that lady that you gave me the phone number for when I called um, just, to, just to say, if I've got an application here, can you help me over the phone? And the, their answer was no, they can't help me. And so somebody needs to know to say, tell them you have a special circumstance or whatever that magic word would have been to get that, get that response. But... It has probably, to flow all the way down. But I think probably that may be something that we need to refer them to the Parent Assistance Center when they don't have technology because you can have anybody right. give but my point personal is, information. Your staff needs to yes. know that. And, well, I wrote that, I wrote and then that Parent Assistance needs to know right. to, to ask enough probing questions because I feel like um, I, I listen in customer service is very important, and I listen into phone conversations. Just now, I was sit sitting in the office, and I heard somebody calling in asking um, if the Challenger Center was still here. And um, the answer that they got was, "It's being run by Kentucky Science Center." It wasn't, "Yes, it's still here." It wasn't the marketing mm -hmm. spiel about how you can still. This is the number you need to call to take. To, just, they never gave them their phone number. It was just, "Nope, it's still here." Yep. Okay. So I'm like. I don't know who that was. Maybe it was really just somebody who wanted to know a yes/no answer, but. I would like to see more volunteering of positive information, helpful information, not just, oh, here's the number you need to call, you know? Let me hold your hand while you call that number and make sure yeah, you get the you answer you need because people fall through the cracks. All right, so we're, we're, we're coming up to the end of our time, so I just want to kind of pull us back together and, and I mean, because I, I think it's really good that we all kind of sat down and heard some of the things the parent groups have done and supported, because especially the Tim Smith thing, the recruiting thing, we've got some great things. Mm -hmm. We're all in, um, and then you know we're all here for Shawnee, so it's kind of nice to all sit down and, and throw everything out there. Um, but we just have a few more minutes before the bell rings, so I thought, oh, is there anything we want to want to wind up with before we? Can I get you to give an update on the capacity versus enrollment numbers? Yes. Okay. All right. So, um, Gay and I had this conversation, and when the district looks at a building to see how many kids can fit in the building. They go room by room and say, this is a classroom, 30 kids can fit here. This room we're sitting in currently is not a classroom, we don't count this for any kids, right? So then they determine how many kiddos can fit in a room. For example, when they go to the early childhood classrooms, they count that as 20, because we only have 20 kids in early childhood classrooms. So they go through and they count. So what um, we realized is, if you look at how what the capacity is for Shawnee, I believe it's 1,400. It depends right? if you look at the state number or the district number, but yes, the district it's, number is 1,400. And so what often happens is folks say, well, right now Shawnee's got, how many kids do we have total now? Um, according to our five-day count, which the district has, is 683. So then what you say is, oh, there's 683 kids, but we have 1,400 seats. Well, that's a little confusing because, although that is true as far as it goes, we also have 500 kids sitting in our newcomer academy. So that 1,400 um, includes the rooms for newcomers. All right, so we've got our, what did you just tell me, 600 kids? 683. Okay, so let's call that 700. Plus 
first we've got 500 upstairs in newcomer, and we've got 120 in um, early childhood. So when we're you add all that right up, we're, we're right capacity. at 1,400. Yeah. Um, and of course, we all know we've got a whole third floor empty, but that third floor is not able to have children right. in it and right it's now. It's like storage on the plane. That's right, because so we don't have yeah. kids in there. So um, when we talk to student assignment about that, they're they're going to start when they show like you guys numbers. They're going to start saying the building has this capacity, and here are the programs. They've done the programs separately, mm -hmm. so someone could think there were just six hundred kids in this building instead of seven hundred, seven hundred yeah. plus five hundred plus one hundred and twenty. So that we have a better picture of of the actual space we're using and the actual space we've got. Because mm -hmm. this building is the biggest building in the state of Kentucky, biggest school building in the state mm -hmm. of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And we've got a we've got a teacher on a cart. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean which which seems crazy. The other the other thing that's a little misleading, I think, is because we're a relatively small high school, we have classes with some small numbers. We have an AP Statistics class, maybe with eight kids in it. Uh, uh, is Peyton in that class? No, he did that last year. Okay, but it's, it's a small number. Right. So, like in that room, you actually have, whatever that is, 21 more seats. Mm -hmm. But we're not taking algebra, algebra 2 class and moving into that room. Right. I mean, it just happens just to be. side a, by side in this. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't work. So, anyway, they're going to start presenting that to you guys when, you, when, they're, when they're giving you data so you've got all those numbers right there. Because right off the bat, it looks January like. January numbers. Yes, and any, anything they give you guys in between. That I talked to Dina, and she said she would put put it in that format. Because the way it was presented before, it gives a perception that we're not a successful school. It it reinforces those images that we're trying to overcome. And the reason it even came to my attention is because Stephanie Horn called me because she knows I'm at Shawnee. I'm in, I live in her district, but uh, I have a son at Shawnee, so she knew that she could call me to ask me a Shawnee question. And she said, um, "So Shawnee has a lot of room. Could we like move some kids from like she's." You could tell she was starting to think about, like, so if we had kids that we needed to move, you could take another 700 kids. I'm like, no. So there's a perception there that, you know, people who are looking at spreadsheets to make decisions might already move in a direction before they realize that, you know, and by then it's too late to change course, mm -hmm. you know. So, so I think we got that. Yeah. Lit. Good, good. So. And I want people to think that we're, I want them to know that we're successful yeah. and we are very viable here. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Good. Uh, Ms. Bimbo, do you have anything you want to add to it before we have the buses all roll in here? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm good. I was okay. just looking at the time. I'm, I probably need to get out there too. Okay. Party, but um, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, we, we uh, you got a couple of days ago. Yeah. I know. Ms. Porter, do you have anything you want to throw in there? Mm -hmm. I'm just glad for the opportunity to be here and uh, know that I'm here, know that I'm accessible. Um, I think everybody has my numbers, my email addresses, and, mm -hmm. and all of that. And yeah. um, I have not been as visible in my schools at the end of the school year and at the beginning because of the hardship that uh, I'm working through currently. Uh, but uh, today, this is my second or third school today. So wow. uh, <laughs> I was at Maupin at 6 a.m. on the first day of school. So I am, um, and I try to be visible in my schools mm -hmm. when I can be, mm -hmm. and for all the schools that um, understand what I'm going through, I appreciate that. So, um, I mean, when I came to the board, I came to be in the schools, and I, typically I am in the schools, but um, not as much as I have been working to get back to where I was. Um, so, but I mean, I don't have to be here for you to call me or for you to send me an email or for you to text me. 
you know, and um, I do respond. Did that go know. for me too? I think I have to res- I think I don't I think responded. I have your phone number. No, I was no, just asking for text you. I have my phone number. You, oh. can, you can email me. Okay. Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I am. I appreciate everybody coming. I appreciate again you all switching days, and I apologize again for that. But, um, but I, we wanted you to hear some of the great stuff because I know you know a lot of it. But just kind of nice to hear from, you know, the horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. Not that y'all are horses, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I think that that gives us a great update on where we are. And we were talking about like the algebra or statistics class. Like growing the magnet would help fill those classes. That's Absolutely. another reason why growing the magnet is helpful. And I, I don't know if people realize that our magnet students make up less than 10% of our overall population. So again, if we grow the magnet, it gives a better balance and it creates more opportunity for rigor. Um, and our resides is what it is, so you can't really grow the resides. But now that we realize we're at capacity, we probably need to talk about like what is that magic number? Where do we need to cut off? Yeah. You know, yeah. so we it's a great conversation. start turning yeah. people away. All right, thank you. All right. You've been listening to a recording that took place October 9th, 2015 at the Academy at Shawnee. Full-length versions of this conversation and many others, including those with superintendents, lawmakers, can be found on DearJCPS.com under our Audio Archives tab. This next audio clip was recorded on June 2nd, 2015. It was earlier in the summer before the meeting that you just listened to, when we still didn't know who our principal was going to be. And I had requested a meeting with Amy Dennis, the school's assistant superintendent, to explain my concerns about the continued compounding effects of the microaggressions that had been instituted against the Academy at Shawnee. And I referred to it as a stew pot. It wasn't just about Challenger, but it was also about Myers. And it was also about the story about the principal and just that whole... It all gets interconnected. It does. Right, it's and, all one and big we, story. And we can't have all these negative things happening to us if we're trying to turn the school around. Right. And so I feel like he and you and anybody who cares needs to be aware of how it's kind of impacting the students. And that's what ultimately, at the end of the day this needs to be about. I agree completely. Okay. You've got a lot of good ideas here. Like, I love that G-simple idea. You said you talked to Jonathan somewhere in that list. Yes. Did you talk to Jonathan about your G-simple idea? I believe we sat with him for an hour and a half at a Heine Brothers (laughs) on Friday. I love Jonathan. (laughs) I know. Um, But he had a lot on his mind. He kept getting phone calls. So... Um, I'm pretty sure G-Simple came up, or if, even if I didn't identify it as G-Simple, just basically having the ability to mobilize groups, because we did. Yes, we did talk about it, because we talked about the Magnet Committee, because he was like, Rodowski didn't, you know, he should have done a better job of getting share, shareholder input, and I told him about how I raised my hand, and that I even have sent him a follow-up, I've sent Rodowski a follow-up email saying, all right, I'll be on your committee, you know. Of course, he hasn't contacted me back. <laughs> but, um, you know, just the whole idea, how complicated, that's what it was. Jonathan was saying how complicated it's going to be to put a committee together because now there's all these opinions and there's strong opinions and there's self-serving opinions. Yes. And you want to make sure you have a committee that's representative of all the yes. areas in the school, all the socioeconomics, all the everything. 
Yes. And I said, go to G-Simple because we can help you create a matrix yeah. and say, what are these people's areas of expertise? What schools do they represent? What demographics do they represent? And you might get one person who actually fills three of those voids. That's right. You know? That's right. Um, but it would be of great um, endorsement. Once the committee has reviewed it and said, this is our recommendation, it's a non- um, biased committee, right. I don't know if non-biased is the right word, but it's an outside committee um, that would make JCPS really look like they'd done their homework. Man, we could do that for all sorts of things. Yes, we could. I mean, yes, we of course, could. I, I have to tell you I love Jesus. Well, they're just like my peeps. I mean, that's another side story. But I mean, I just, I think they are great partners. And then you get the Pritchard Committee yeah. endorsement yeah. with all that too. That's yeah. kind of a side thing. Okay, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about that because I, I like that idea. We should be able to get that manual list. Maybe there's something I don't know about that. Maybe. But, um, let me find out about that. I'll talk to Amber and see what the story is well, on that. Do we have an ETA on when we're going to know what's going on with Barbara? Um, no, yet. You know, okay. I mean, I, I there are so many rumors going around. There are. And, you know, I just hate that for the school. This is what I'm really grateful for. I don't know if you know this or not, but school's almost down. <laughs> Please, God, please let Friday go. But, I mean, thank goodness it's not January 1. You know right, what I mean? Right. So that's, I'm kind of hoping that we get through, you know, the next three days and then everybody can breathe a little bit. Mm -hmm. He gets to take care of his business and then mm -hmm. we're back hitting the ground running. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, um, that's what I'm... That is good, except I feel like, again, there's so many things that we had this last two weeks to get things across the goal line and my my projects are dying on the vine tell me so like if you can like some of these like the mostly everything that I everything that I'm in that I care about comes back to recruiting for the school for okay. the high school okay because the middle school's fine or it was fine um when you're focused on the high school. I'm focused on the high school okay so if we can get that list that'll be a great start for us so let me work on that and see if we can't get that role. Okay. Because if we get that, that's going to be a job in and of itself. Just mm -hmm. yes. like those calls you make, people are going to go, well, I don't know, tell me about. Yeah, and, and let's do direct mailing to call. them and let's send them emails. And, could be a project. And can I call? Am I allowed to call? Right. And even Pinky said, see if some of the people at Manual will help call. She's she's always I like because why not? I'm with Manual and I'm sorry you didn't get in, but I wanted to make sure you were aware that right. Shawnee has some of the exact same things that you're interested in. In fact, they have more this, this, and this. Like because we're we're a true STEM school and they're not. So like, and if we could grow the school to like that critical mass, yeah. we could do so much more. It's like that tipping point, right? Yeah. Boom, and we keep we keep we keep doing as well as we're doing despite. Yeah. I feel like lack of support from the district and wrenches they keep throwing in our spokes and you know we're still doing amazing, amazing things, things but we could be doing it for 40 kids instead of 16 right. to apply to the, that apply to the magnet each year and because we have the capacity for, right. for more magnet students and let's, fill those, seats let's up. fill those seats up when we went door to door one of the things that I heard because I also have, have a frustration totally add another item to your list, but I have a frustration <laughs> with the district boundary map um, because of how it takes the Shawnee neighborhood and chops it up and sends everybody out when this is a community that's already disenfranchised, they're already working two jobs, they, can't, they don't have transportation, they can't get to their students' parent-teacher conferences because they're across town, 
Um, they can't share net homework or what have you with their neighbor because that they go to DOS and they go to Valley. Yeah. Um, um, they can't stay for after school programs because there's no transportation home or by the time they get home the library's Late. closed or yeah. yeah. Um, all that time spent on a bus is just a disservice. If it worked both ways, I mean, I completely support desegregation. Yeah. But let's make it flow Equal. both ways. Yeah. And I know a lot of the kids, a lot of the kids in the rich neighborhoods don't want to come to Shawnee, and that's exactly what I'm trying to overcome. That's how we're going to get recruiting happen. Let people understand what a great neighborhood it is. It's safe. It's and then if you build it, they will come. If you say it's a great school and a great neighborhood, and we can get and let's all go at once, then we will make it Absolutely. an even better school. It is a great school, but we need to make it a better school because I feel like every time I go out and say we've got all these great programs, I could be lying because tomorrow somebody could come in and say, eh, it wasn't successful, let's shut it down. Like they just did with Challenger. Like they might do with aviation because we're only serving 16 kids a year, new, um, whatever that number is. But that's not... The, the school's fault. That's the community's fault. That's um, the district's fault. That's not having, I know the district has limited resources to support all of their schools. I understand yes. that it's the state's fault for cutting funding and not, right. I mean, so fault maybe isn't the best word right. to use, but it's compounding it's, issues. It is. And, and we have to work through those. We do. Solve it. We do. And I feel like if you can plug the holes, then you can raise the sales. But I feel like we keep trying to raise the sails. The ship keeps sinking because we didn't take the time to fill the holes. Right. And something that is so close, like Shawnee, um, to being that t right at that tipping point, yeah. let's get it, it there. Is. And then it once is. it's there, it will. The, the, the tides will lift the ship. Yeah. Next week's episode of Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS will feature this interview in its entirety. Join us then. Full-length versions of both conversations, as well as conversations with lawmakers, Superintendent Marty Polio, Superintendent Donna Hargens, and others can be found on DearJCPS.com under our Audio Archives tab. This week's program has featured conversations that have taken place in 2015 with district leaders. Once again, you've been listening to Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS. We are releasing recordings of these conversations because we feel the public has a right to know to provide the opportunity to build on the progress that was already made and to not continue to allow the same mistakes and injustices to continue to happen so that we as a community may bring meaningful and transformative long-term change to the Academy at Shawnee and the West Louisville community that it serves. Thank you for joining us in this journey.